Welcome to the All Things Bright and Beautiful podcast. I'm Jenna DePrima here with my co-host Lydia Shibley, and this is a discussion of life, books, and theology from a confessionally reformed Christian perspective. Welcome back to All Things Bright and Beautiful. I am Jenna DePrima, and we are here with a very special guest today. We have Mary Beakey with us, who is the author of Teach Them to Work. Mary, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much for inviting me. Mary, can you just tell us a little bit more about yourself and about your family? Sure. Um, I live in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I grew up here. I was brought up in a Christian home and very privileged to have a wonderful family. I'm married to Joel Beakey, who is president of Puritan Reform Seminary. And we have three children, and they're all married, and we have seven grandchildren. Okay. Um, I, I used to be a nurse, and that career was not for me at pretty much overwhelmed me. So I went back to school and became an elementary school teacher. Okay, wonderful. And what inspired you to write Teach Them to Work? Well, I remember as a kid hearing the statement, uh, work fascinates me. I could sit and watch it for hours. <laughs> and that, that's kind of me. Um, uh, I, I just love to uh, observe people and try and figure out what makes them tick. And um, in the area of work, I, I just... And thinking about work, it, it takes up so much of our lives, like, but for our adult lives, pretty much half of our waking hours are spent working. So it's, it's really a big thing. And God mm-hmm. calls us to, 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 to work, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and I, um, just having some struggles with it myself, I, I wasn't the most ambitious kid around, not for work anyway, I was for play. <laughs> and um, having been a, a teacher and a mom, I, I observed some of the resistance in, in children, and I, I just tried to think about what makes them tick, and why do they do that, and how can we get to a good place where they, they do work and actually enjoy working. Mm-hmm. So I, I just had a lot of thoughts about that, and then um, in 2020, when COVID came around, I, we were my husband and I were going for a walk one day, and I was running another idea by him about teaching kids to work. And he said, now's the time. Everything is shut down. <laughs> Write that book. Right, so yeah. with his motivation, I, I did. So you wrote the whole thing during during the quarantine? Pretty much. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of a good segue into, um, I guess, just this overall idea of work. How do you think that Christians should view work? And how, how what does the Bible say about work? You mentioned that it does take up so much of our time, so I think it's important as Christians to think, you know, rightly about it. So what would you say, yeah, how should we view work as Christians? Yeah, in one word, I would say we should view work realistically. Mm-hmm. Um, work was there before the fall in the Garden of Eden, and God works, and he made us in his image, so we are to work too. It's it's a gift. It's a gift from paradise but uh, because of the fall, then there's sweat and there's thorns and there's tears. So it's not all positive. But God has also redeemed work so that it's, it's not all negative either. And work can be enjoyable, although not all of it is. But work can be very, very fulfilling and satisfying. And we should really view it positively as a gift of God, because it's, it's a means to have control of our lives, to support ourselves, to, to earn money for food and shelter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, work is good. Mm-hmm. Work is good. Yeah. The Bible 
gives a lot of um, instruction on it. The Bible is full of examples and instruction. God told us from the beginning, before the fall and after the fall, to be fruitful and multiply, to replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over all the creatures. And when he gave the Ten Commandments, he said, Six days shalt thou labor. And then he gave us one day to rest and to worship him. He told us not to steal, not to covet. So the way we do that is to to work Mm -hmm. so that we can earn what we need. And I I love the book of Proverbs because it's got so many verses in there about promoting diligence and condemning laziness. Mm -hmm. And um, one verse that stands out in the New Testament is Paul saying that if a person doesn't work, neither should they eat. Um, and that's, of course, applied to able-bodied people. If, if someone isn't able to work, then the rest of us should support those, those people. Work is important and good, and um, I think a lot of times our, our children pick up from us, and you mentioned this in the book, too, that we as parents ultimately set kind of the tone for our kids about how they view work overall, whether we see it as a positive thing and a a biblical idea or if we always have a negative view of it, Um, and that sort of sets the atmosphere for our home. How would you encourage parents to have this attitude that kind of you you mentioned um, in explaining how the Bible talks about work, uh, that model sort of a cheerfulness and and honest work, um, diligence, and just a, a recognition of almost a, a gratefulness for the fact that we get to work. How do we model that well for our ch- children? Right. Um, I would first mention that we have to go countercultural. Yeah. Because our uh, we live in a, every year it, it becomes more so an entitlist. Uh, mentality mm-hmm. that our, our kids are being told you deserve good things but they're not being told you have you can work for them mm-hmm. it's you know rich people have to share their wealth with those who don't have as much and you you deserve this free and that free and um, so we have to go countercultural and in our children's minds connect hard work with with the rewards of that mm-hmm. and and do so in a positive way, not just that work is drudgery. Mm-hmm. Like, also the, I mean, the restaurant TGIF, thank God it's Friday, has been around since I was in my twenties. So that attitude's mm-hmm. been around. Thank God it's Friday, but um, I think it was John Calvin who said, "Thank God it's Monday." You know, thank mm-hmm. God it's Tuesday. So a, a, a joy in working and and seeing it as a positive thing. If we uh, and some of it is just taking control of our own attitude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If if we just live for the weekends and then we r- wake up with a groan on Monday morning, oh, that, that's kind of a miserable existence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If work that we spend so many hours at is, is a drudgery, mm-hmm. um, then I, th- I think we have to do as much as we can to change that attitude ourselves, but pray a lot so that we have a more positive attitude. So... Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like to summarize, um, this is what I've observed in families that I interviewed, um, that do this well, that have trained their kids to work and that they work hard as well. And the first one is entreaty. We, we have to entreat God for his help. It's, it's such a big job to teach our children to work. It's not for the do it yourselfer and it's not for the faint of heart. So we need to entreat God and pray for his help. The second thing I observed 
in those families is example. So we as parents have to be diligent ourselves so that our children see that every day we work. And work is the stuff of life. Mm-hmm. And that's good. It's yeah. Be positive about it. And we work together. And we teach our children as we work together. So entreaty, example. Another E word is expectation, that we do expect our children to work. Like, of course you're going to help me unload the dishwasher, mm-hmm. you know. You eat our food. <laughs> we eat together. We enjoy the benefits. And, and we work together. Mm-hmm. We all uh, contribute. So, mm-hmm. of course, and if they start to whine, and you know, you deal with that. But you, I think when we have an expectation in our own minds, then we convey that expectation and our, our children uh, pick it up. Mm-hmm. And uh, finally, enjoyment, um, that we show that joy in work. And, and that will rub off on our children, too. Mm-hmm. We, we have the sense of accomplishment. Um, you know, maybe, of course, some work is boring and unpleasant. I mean, not too many people like to clean the bathroom. Mm-hmm. But when it's done, you really do enjoy it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. then you have a sense of, of accomplishment mm-hmm. when it's done. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great, I think I've definitely seen in our culture and perhaps, I mean, definitely among young moms today, and I'm, I think our culture in general, just a negative, like almost a surprise at how much life is work, like most of our lives involve working. I mean, certainly the Lord gives us rest, but the majority of our lives are working. And I think almost a surprise at that or or this idea it shouldn't be that way, that that's kind of negative. Um, And so I just really appreciated throughout the book, you, you emphasize that a lot, that work is is the stuff of life like that is the majority of our time and that we can approach it with a positive attitude and even in those mundane menial tasks that there is the the satisfaction of knowing that we've completed the the work that god has assigned for us to do so i really appreciated that so this is uh, switching gears a little bit but in your i believe in your first chapter you quote uh, maria montessori and she says that play is the work of the child and i think that's a pretty well-known quote, and you, you say that you, you agree with that quote, um, even in light of what you're saying. Um, so how would you, I guess, balance kind of that idea of play being the work of a child and yet also teaching them to work? How do, how do parents find that balance between play and work? Yes, that's a, a great question that a lot of parents have, and it's also a very uh, personal thing. Like, I, I steered away in the book from giving uh, very set, mm-hmm. regimented mm-hmm. instruction. And so I, I think each, each parent has to, they have to find that for themselves. But the, what I find helpful is you think of zero to 18 years of age and they go from pretty much playing most of the day or, you know, eating and sleeping, of mm-hmm. course, take up a lot of time to working Mm -hmm. most of the day. So uh, along that trajectory from zero to 18 years, you've got to get from one point to the other. Mm -hmm. And I I really feel that we should be intentional about it, that parents should um, sit down and make a plan. If, if, If someone is a single parent, then they should write down a plan and maybe consult other people too and have certain goals because I starting young is great mm-hmm. and I really I really feel it's very important and um, that's I know something else you wanted to talk about um, if a child 
I think they should have no time when they don't remember working. Mm-hmm. And when I always feel if if they can take a, a bucket of Duplos and just spread it across a whole room, <laughs> then they have the potential for learning to pick up those mm-hmm. Duplos and putting them back in the bucket. Mm-hmm. And um, one of our grandchildren, we I had that experience just recently, and I literally had to take that child's hand and put a Duplo <laughs> in it and move his hand to the bucket because he didn't want to do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but now he does it. Mm-hmm. Now he does it, you know. Mm-hmm. So teaching them to take care of themselves and to clean up after themselves. Mm-hmm. It's the, Of course, we're going to, as parents, we're going to do it some of the time when they're little. Mm-hmm. But to, to work towards that mm-hmm. from 0 to 18 years old. So, And I also believe that by about 12 or 13, they should be able to pretty much take care of themselves, um, you know, self-care, but also the basics of running a household. Mm-hmm. Let's share with them how we balance the checkbook, how we pay bills, and how we budget, and, and all those things. Um, and the reason I say 12 to 13 years old is because it seems like in our culture there's, I know kids play sports at a young age too, but um, at that age it, it seems like sports and homework and all these other things, and pretty soon a job when they turn 16 maybe, mm-hmm. um, they're just busy with so much else, and there's not as much time for them to to learn how to work at home. So mm-hmm. they can do these things, you know, from mm-hmm. a young age. There's, um, oh, there's another author. He, he wrote Have a New Kid by Friday. He's a really humorous guy. <laughs> but he, he said if a child can do whatever they can do themselves, they should. Mm-hmm. So uh, just working towards independence. Mm-hmm. And what tips do you have you talk about the importance of starting young what tips do you have for parents with young kids I'm thinking just practical tips I mean you mentioned like duple legos for example do you have any other practical tips for how to train them young or some things maybe they're capable of doing at a young age yeah um I think working together with them is very important Mm -hmm. Um, then you can teach them along the way so that they know how to work mm-hmm. instead of you just saying when they're five years old go clean your room well right. what does that look right. like mm-hmm. well if you've been working towards that then they they know what it looks like and mm-hmm. that prevents a lot of uh controversy and mm-hmm. people being upset with each other mm-hmm. and so so working along and it also shows that you um that you are not above doing menial labor. Mm -hmm. You know, you work together, mom and and children and dad and children, they they work together and you have fun together. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of the, there's a chart in the back of my book. uh, It's from the Flanders Family Home Life. And it just, it gives a a list of, it's in the appendix, age appropriate chores for children. And it lists, different things for different ages, like mm-hmm. age two, put toys in the box, mm-hmm. stack books on the shelf, fold wash, ages six to seven, gather trash, mm-hmm. ages 10 to 11, clean the bathrooms. So I think that's a very mm-hmm. practical thing. And I've also put other practical practical ideas in the book, things like smooth operation. You, you learn a task and you do it repeatedly mm-hmm. until you do it more efficiently and more smoothly. Mm-hmm. And then you don't have to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and boring work is, is good for kids mm-hmm. because as adults, we all have boring work to do. Mm-hmm. That's just life, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, work on the way. Like 
if you put something on the steps to take up upstairs the next time you go up, then take it the next time you go up. Mm -hmm. Or put your clothes away when you take them off so that that you don't pick them up the second time. Mm -hmm. And just get started Mm -hmm. because, like, once you get the momentum, then you forget that you didn't want to do the job in the first place. Mm -hmm. So just lots of practical things. You can can share that wisdom with your children as you're working alongside them. Mm And I can attest to, uh, I have a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a one-year-old. And um, so wow. I was, as I've been reading your book, I, I've always tried to make my children clean up, things like that. But mm-hmm. I've, I think I needed some fresh motivation to, to stay on them to do that, you know? And I think it can often, I am tempted to just do what's more efficient, which is for me to do it for them. That's yeah. usually always more efficient than having them work, but not better. And so... I would just, it gave me fresh motivation. So with my four-year-old, we've been really working on cleaning up the last month and I've had to talk about it with him, ask him to do it, you know, give him consistent discipline when he isn't doing it. But I've seen over the course of about a month now, he just Mm -hmm. is much more, he kind of just knows it's what's expected. He's much more um, content to just pick up his toys at the end of the night. So I guess I just say that as an encouragement to parents, especially with young kids, that it might take some more work on the front end, but it, on the back end, it's going to be worth it. And it's for their good, but it's, you do have to stay consistent with it. I've found. Right. It's a good investment in time to, right, right. to teach them mm-hmm. because it's going to pay off. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned the Duplo story. I had to do that with my two-year-old today, <laughs> and but I have, but I also have a nine-year-old who can now like clean his own bathroom. So like, yeah, it does, but it takes those early years of just being really consistent and following through with them. And it's work on your end as well. Um, But yeah, Jenna mentioned having to discipline in response to maybe poor attitudes or not following through. Um, And you have a chapter on discipline. Can you share a little bit of of why discipline is sort of a necessary component to work and and how that plays out? I guess I would first say to uh, try the positive approaches Mm -hmm. first. Our, our daughter, when um, her oldest was really little, like they'd, they'd clear the table and they'd say, yay, we did it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they, they'd have a little celebration, you mm-hmm. know. So she Emma would come to our house and we'd, she'd help me with the dishes. And she loved doing dishes even more than <laughs> eating snacks. And yay, we did it. Sweet. So praising, praising the little kids and, and being positive in that way. And, I mean, when you're a 16-year-old, cleans his room you're not going to say we're going to but we're going to thank them and say good job so whatever is age appropriate Mm -hmm. and um and being being positive and I think I think that um that prevents some discipline Mm -hmm. um but you know children will will resist Mm -hmm. and um they I I think you do it incrementally. Mm -hmm. So you do positive things like maybe they don't quite do it right or you use a fun approach. Oh, we're going to go cook dinner for daddy and surprise him with his favorite meal. And Mm -hmm. um, or if they haven't done things quite right, you might say a a friend of ours kind of slacked off in high school and his mom said would often say, I know you can do better. Mm -hmm. I know you can do better. Mm. And so he, he knew she was disappointed, but he was also encouraged. Yeah. And, or expressing disappointment. Like, you promised you'd feed the dog, but his bowl is empty. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, trying those things first. But then if, if they resist, then they're choosing the negative. Mm-hmm. Um, d- discipline 
it's it's in the Bible. It's in Proverbs. Mm-hmm. We will have to discipline our children. They mm-hmm. are sinners. That's just reality. And Proverbs talks about the benefits of discipline, children, disciplining children. And one thing is that if we love them, we, we will discipline them. Mm-hmm. And it, it helps us to deal with their foolishness. Um, discipline gives a child wisdom, and it gives us as parents rest and delight instead of shame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's God's word. Mm-hmm. So it is true. Um, it even says in Proverbs that discipline will deliver a child's soul from hell. So that's that's a reality. And But at the same time, we must never provoke our children to anger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And of course, it goes without saying we must never, never abuse them. Mm-hmm. So um, children can resist very, very strongly. They can really work really hard to get out mm-hmm. of work. Mm-hmm. And we have to root that out of them. Mm-hmm. I think the two things that if our children show defiance or rebellion, and anger is usually in there too, mm-hmm. we that's, that's like a, a siren mm-hmm. and red lights going off. That has to be dealt with mm-hmm. immediately. It, yeah. It's never, ever cute. Mm-hmm. Even if we think it's cute, it's mm-hmm. not. Right. Mm-hmm. Because if we just picture that same child doing the same things when they're 16 years mm-hmm. old, right. then our eyes will go wide open mm-hmm. and we'll say, we have to deal with this mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have a friend who, who's in her 70s who uh, um, she has some real difficulties in life. And she just told me the other day that um, her she was... Her parents were kind of easy on her. They often made her sister finish up the work that she was supposed to do, and they never, uh, they never really followed through with the requirements and making things fair between the kids. And she still, she says, "I'm lazy today. I've li- been lazy all my life, mm-hmm. and I've struggled with that." So, nip things in the bud: mm-hmm. negative behavior and. Mm-hmm. and bite the bullet and and discipline. And how would you encourage parents? I think probably all parents would say they at times struggle to be consistent, you know, in discipline, Mm -hmm. especially. How would you encourage parents that maybe feel like they're really struggling to be consistent? Well, I I definitely have that struggle myself. And prayer, Mm -hmm. prayer is the first thing. I think it, it helps to to have a plan Mm -hmm. and to write that plan down. And um, as husband and wife, um, you have to agree on that plan so Mm -hmm. that you present a united front to Mm -hmm. the children. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. they're going to know in one day who's the easier one, um, and they'll go to that parent. Mm -hmm. Um, So consistency and um, just uh, sort of accountability between parents and, um, like, how are we doing, you know, and, and evaluate each other and be open to that evaluation mm-hmm. from each other and just kind of self-evaluate too because that that's probably the the biggest downfall lack of consistency mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. and our, our kids will wait for it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they know they know that if um, they whine enough mom is just going to get tired mm-hmm. and let them get out of work because it's it's easier than listening to the whining right but so so consistency especially on the front end of 
of uh, things. Mm-hmm. Once we're consistent and they know we're going to be consistent, then they'll 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 give up. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a matter of prayer and just <laughs> yeah, and keeping track of ourselves and mm-hmm. just really knowing the importance mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that one thing that has really helped me, I, I did not grow up in a Christian home and didn't see uh, discipline, I guess, done the way that I, by God's grace, my husband and I tried to do it. And, and uh, I think one thing that's really helped me is understanding why we discipline and what the Bible says about it. Because I found, especially when I first started having kids, that I kind of struggled with, like, well, why am I doing this? It feels mean, you know, they, it, it feels like, yeah, you're just being mean and um, too, sometimes too harsh with them. And I think I, I was just very helped by understanding what God's word says about it and that it really is for their good, like, like loving, consistent discipline. I'm not talking about abuse or, um, you know, inappropriate discipline, but loving, consistent Mm -hmm. discipline is truly for their good. And it is better for them than not disciplining them. And, and even in the, I think it's in Hebrews, you know, it talks about how God disciplines those whom he loves. So God, we, we are disciplined and, and our kids likewise need to be disciplined to obey, you know, and, and that that really is, we are being, if we're doing it correctly, we're being a, a essentially kind of a God-like model to them in the way that we discipline them out of a loving heart. So I, I think that that has just been really helpful for me to understand. Do you, what would you say to, to parents that maybe struggle with, I guess, specifically, um, you could call it like corporal punishment or, you know, physical, right. I'm talking about physical discipline that can be sometimes controversial, even amongst Christians. What are your thoughts on that? And, and yeah, how would you encourage parents as they think about that kind of issue of how am I going to discipline my kids? And certainly that's not the only way to discipline them, but, um, but yeah, what would you say to that, Mary? Yes. I, I think what you just said about love being at the heart of our discipline mm-hmm. and our goal being for their good. Mm-hmm. Those two things have to be at the very foundation Mm -hmm. of our discipline, not our frustration Mm -hmm. or our anger. Yeah. And that's, that's not always very easy to Mm -hmm. do because if we're, if we're angry and frustrated, we have to just take a little time out and Mm -hmm. say Mm -hmm. to our our child, like you just disobeyed and mommy is really upset right now, but. I, I need to go think about this and pray about it, and I'll get back with you mm-hmm. in a little while. And then they can sort of sit on the edge and wonder what's going to happen. gives them a little time to think <laughs> about it, too. Mm-hmm. But um, one book that we really were helped by when we were raising our children was Ted Tripp's mm-hmm. Shepherding a Child's Heart. Yeah, and he a explains one, yeah, about how to administer the discipline mm-hmm. with explanations. Mm-hmm. And I, I I always thought, there's not enough time to <laughs> give an explanation for every discipline I administer to every, you know, misbehavior. Mm-hmm. And that may be true too. Mm-hmm. But if you, if you get the big ones, mm-hmm. then I think you set a pattern and they they learn. Mm-hmm. So it's it's, he would suggest take the child into a separate room, explain to them, uh, what they did wrong and uh, get a confession out of them and and discipline them mm-hmm. and uh, there's one part of the human anatomy on the seat that that can withstand the discipline mm-hmm. and of course it should not be overdone mm-hmm. um, but that that is biblical mm-hmm. 
and it may not be politically correct, but it's it's correct in God's eyes. <laughs> and alternative disciplines are are good too. You know, I mean, I I have a nephew who had, he was he was just incorrigible. <laughs> As spankings did nothing. Mm-hmm. He would come out of the room grinning. <laughs> and um, and so he had to have privileges taken away and mm-hmm. it, whatever affects them so that you get the desired end, that's, mm-hmm. that's what you have to do, mm-hmm. you know, within reason and wisdom. Mm-hmm. I appreciated kind of both of you. I just wanted to hit on it again because I think it is so important. Just this idea of thinking about our children's character. You kind of hit on it of like you're not – it's not really about what makes it easier for us or what's what makes it so the job just gets done or, or any of those things or, um, or just what makes us happy. But really thinking of these character traits of – how do we discipline our children towards making them have – not making them, but, yeah, disciplining them towards encouraging these characteristics that will be a help to them in their mm-hmm. lives ultimately. And if you think of it in those terms, yep. I think it makes it a lot easier to kind of understand and also to, to stay consistent because you're thinking, I want I want my children to have these characteristics because it will be a help to them in their life. Um, it becomes less, yes. much less just like this moment, which I think it's easy to be like, oh, I don't really need to follow through right now. But if you think in that right. whole scope, it, I think that helps a lot. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like even things like honesty mm-hmm. and, and, mm-hmm. and truth telling yes. and uh, kindness. Mm-hmm. And, and we have to just really look for those good things in our kids. But when we see that they're not there. We, we just have to train them mm-hmm. in, in those character traits, those proverbs. We, we used to, um, our children went to a Christian school, or the school that's affiliated with our, our church. And every morning uh, before they got on the bus, I would um, read a portion of Proverbs. And mm-hmm. we get done and we go through it again. And sometimes James too. But soak up that wisdom. Mm-hmm. And it, if your kids are lying, I mean, I, I remember being a, a kid and lying and or showing defiance and my dad did not put up with that and um he just rooted those negative traits mm-hmm. out of me mm-hmm. and, or sneakiness mm-hmm. um it, you know those things we have to look for in our, our children and and make sure they're and the younger they are the easier it is mm-hmm. to to instill those character traits in them mm-hmm. talk about things if you go to the store and you know, the cashier gives you $10 too much. Give it mm-hmm. back and explain it and mm-hmm. tell your kids, you know, that I, I could have kept this. Mm-hmm. And we could have bought and gone to McDonald's and gotten ice cream cones and whatever. But we're not going to do that because that's not our money. Mm-hmm. Just your example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And those character traits, it's, that's the very foundation mm-hmm. of, of work. Yeah. Yeah, um, you mentioned Ted Tripp's book, The Shepherding Child's Heart. I'm, I'm also currently reading um, his brother's book. The It's Gospel Parenting, I think. If I always get the name wrong. We'll put it in the show notes. But um, he talks about, like, every instance where you have to discipline is really an opportunity. And I think that mm-hmm. thinking also, like you mentioned, the like if, if you're in the store and you get paid too much or you get too much change back, like that's an opportunity um, to present truth and, and discipline is an opportunity to present gospel truth. And that, again, that shift, mm-hmm. I think just helps instead of being like, oh, I have to follow through again. It's, oh, this is an opportunity in order to, to just continue this work that God's doing in our children's lives. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another, I might, uh, if I could just add something mm-hmm. here too, 
we think of work in terms of supporting our own family. Mm-hmm. And, but there's also the whole aspect of serving. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we tithe, um, but also just working to serve others. You mm-hmm. know, make a meal as a whole family and go visit someone that's, mm-hmm. that's got some health issues. Mm-hmm. Or um, just, we, we used to be, we used to put together homeless packets in a little baggie that we would give to someone who was uh, begging on the side of the road. It had um, some food, like a granola bar. It had a McDonald's gift card so that they could get some more food and, um, you know, not give them cash that they might spend on something that's not good for them. And then um, a tract or a little Bible. And we would give that to, to people. And, and just a, a heart of serving, mm-hmm. of, of giving what we don't need mm-hmm. to, to someone else who can use it. Mm-hmm. So that whole aspect of work, of, of, of giving to mm-hmm. others is something that... I'll tell you, little kids love to give, yes. and yeah. mm-hmm. we've just got to just take advantage of mm-hmm. that that beautiful childlike generosity that most children have, mm-hmm. and and praise it and nurture it. Mm. Yeah, that um that one of the things that we do in our house. I can't remember who I read this from. It was someone, some other mom on Instagram, maybe, and she talks about doing a blessing hour in their house, and they talk about cleaning their whole home together as a blessing for one another as well. So sort of, again, shifting mm-hmm. that way of thinking of as you clean the table, you're not just cleaning the table, but you're also finding a way to bless your brothers and sisters and your parents and that kind of thing, which I think just helps think just, you know, changing that perspective a little bit. Um, we talked a yes. lot about little kids and just how there is sort of an ease in like little kids are eager to help and they kind of want to work from the very beginning. It's a little more work on our side when they're so little. Um, but how might you encourage a parent who's listening that maybe has older children and maybe they feel like, oh, I missed my chance. I don't have toddlers mm-hmm. anymore and I didn't do this. How would you encourage them? Um, like, is it too late? What, what would you encourage them with? I would say it's definitely not too late, but yes, it will be more difficult. But if if they're still in your home, then I would say as husband and wife, sit down, analyze what you have not done right in the past and analyze how you can change that going forward and, and make a plan with expectations. I wouldn't start... A, I, I would start gradually, mm-hmm. you know, don't load them with a ton of work uh, right away. Otherwise, it's not going to mm-hmm. work, but load them up gradually um, and have a plan that includes positive consequences and negative consequences if they choose not to obey. And then have a family meeting and say, kids, we should have been doing this for years now, and we're just realizing it now, but we, we haven't properly taught you to work up for the age that you are right now and we still have some years left mm-hmm. and we're, we're going to change things and mm-hmm. this is a plan and it's it might be kind of hard but this is what we're going to do and the the change is going to be exciting and try mm-hmm. and pre- present it in a positive light but be ready for the negative because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there will be there will be some negatives mm-hmm. i know i i spoke with a lady um a while ago, and her grandchildren, um, she was visiting her, her daughter's house, and um, the daughter had just worked a full day, and she had gone to the grocery store, 
and she came in with a whole load of groceries and the kids just kept sitting on the couch and didn't help her with the groceries and then she cooked supper and they didn't help with supper and <laughs> and and the grandma said something's not right about mm-hmm. this you know mm-hmm. and um so it, it it should change but it's not too late there's hope and and go for it mm-hmm. yeah. yeah what is there anything else you would sh- want to share with our listeners to encourage them and then in addition to that are there any other resources you we, we mentioned separating a child's heart of course your book are there any other resources maybe you would point people too that want to think more about intentionally training their children there's I think there's more blogs out there it's mm-hmm. more of a of a, a newer subject mm-hmm. there's a lot of people talking mm-hmm. about work mm-hmm. in fact I can't believe that nobody else wrote this book before I did because we're glad I, you wrote I it think... though <laughs> I know I, I was gonna say I've, I've never really read a book like this one I, I don't think there's anything out there that I've seen uh, like this so I think it's yeah it's you filled a need yeah definitely yeah I um I, I guess I would just google work uh, or teaching kids to work mm-hmm. and um look for some Christian blogs that um that are out there and I, I I'm sorry I can't present any certain one That's right okay. now but um I, I I think there's more and more people talking about work in general mm-hmm. but it's like I said, people aren't talking about children working. I mm-hmm. one of the mo- one of the motivating factors. My daughter said she read a blog once um, that a mom was saying, "Should I unload the dishwasher when my daughter is up from her nap, or should I do all my work when the kids are sleeping?" Mm-hmm. Oh wow! And I'm thinking. Oh yeah! Oh wow! <laughs> How are you going to get all your work no done? Kidding. You're going to be just exhausted, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and teach those kids to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I and my daughters, you know, told me that that was kind of an attitude out there. Mm-hmm. So I, I think yeah. we have to counterbalance it with with something much much better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think it, it definitely is an attitude out there. I think there's a lot of. Uh, material, not not necessarily always Christian, but just that would promote the idea that we need to just focus, you know, spend all of our time kind of focusing on our child, and that's kind of the best way yeah. of loving them, and that working or doing something alongside of them is not really, you're not focusing on them, you're not giving them the attention they need, that kind of stuff, and so, and it's a balance, of course, but, um, but I think it is a, a needed correction to a lot of what moms are hearing these days. Yes, we so much don't want our kids to do what they don't want to do. Right. <laughs> that's, that we want to, we want to just have them have fun and, and do what they want to do. But that's, that's just so uh, unrealistic. Yeah. It doesn't prepare because, them for the real world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually think I, this might sound a little negative, but we have to look for things that they don't like to do and make them do them <laughs> so that they learn how to do unpleasant tasks. Mm-hmm. Cause that's life. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not going to do that all the time, no. right. of course, but that they have to learn how to do unpleasant tasks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great word. And perhaps especially for our, our younger, like our millennial generation that can get a bad rap, but it's true that I think a lot of um, our generation struggles with doing things that aren't quote unquote fulfilling, you know, like if a work is not fulfilling, it's not worth doing, or if it's not achieving some bigger goal or something. And I think that's, that's an attitude we really need to correct against. And it's certainly not a biblical attitude. Yeah. And the whole um, thing of serving others, Mm -hmm. uh, once you get a taste of the joy of serving, Mm -hmm. 
Mm. You you are hooked, mm-hmm. and and we've got to give that to our kids. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. Amen. We got to give them a sense of accomplishment from a job working through a tough job. Mm-hmm. We we got to give them the satisfaction, and you know. I might also, this is another thought, I'm kind of going off on another tangent, but if we do all kinds of things with our children, like we take them to a museum so they can learn how uh, uh, an engine works, and we take them to some gardens and learn about plants, and we we plant a garden, and we observe those beautiful plants growing, and we taste those delicious tomatoes, and, and we, you know, fix something with our children. We give them tons of experiences. Mm-hmm. Somewhere mm-hmm. along the line, they might just find their career. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they would find their skill set. Mm-hmm. Like they just might just suddenly get turned on to animals mm-hmm. because you have a pet and they have a responsibility for feeding that pet. Mm-hmm. And they can find their life's calling mm-hmm. when we expose them to all kinds of uh, fields of study and, mm-hmm. and fields of work. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's really exciting yeah yeah I see a huge amount of just um I don't know just an excitement in my kids when they're given responsibilities like they like to be Mm -hmm. once they get over the complaint of having to do something they don't want to do they really do like thrive in this idea of having a responsibility and being a contributing member of the house and like I need to do this because it helps other people they get very yeah they get very excited about that it's and it would be unfortunate to take that away from them by not requiring it of them Yes, they feel valuable. Yes, exactly. They, yeah, and that's that's beautiful, mm-hmm. and it's important. So yeah. are there any other ways our listeners can keep up with you, like on maybe on social media, or do you have any other books or works or anything coming out, Mary? Um, I, I don't really have a social media presence except just, you know, my own Facebook page. Um, I, I guess I'm... <sighs> I'm not organized and efficient with my time enough to, <laughs> to do that. Or maybe you're really efficient with your time, and that's why you don't have social. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, I just, uh, yeah, I, I think it's the first, not the latter. <laughs> so I, I don't really have that, but I, I guess some, I have a couple books possibly brewing in my mind and my heart, oh, but that's uh, it, it would be. It would be a while before they, because I'm a really slow writer. <laughs> it's it's tough sledding for me. Um, the first one would be Kindness in the Church, mm-hmm. oh. sort of an offshoot of my mm. first book, The Law oh. of Kindness, because yeah. I, I see that as a need. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. the church should be one of the kindest and most loving places in the world, but it's it's not always that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would probably be the next one. Um I also have been thinking for many years about a devotional in my garden with God, because uh-huh. when I'm gardening, I, I think about all these different spiritual applications mm-hmm. that can be, I love nature, mm. just, I, I absolutely love nature, and I think there's a lot of spiritual parallels there, so, and and another possible idea is something, uh, nip it in the bud, sort of what we talked about, mm. like if you see tendencies towards some negative character traits in our children to mm-hmm. to nip it in the bud. It mm-hmm. seems like I've met people, adults, lately that have <laughs> issues that should have been taken care of in, mm-hmm. in childhood, mm-hmm. and it, it's so important because when it's when they're little, it's a small problem, mm-hmm. but when they're big, it can be a big problem. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today, Mary. I do really encourage you to get Mary's book, uh, Teach Them to Work, and it's put out by Reformation Heritage Books. Um, just an excellent, helpful book. I know Lydia and I have both found just super helpful as we 
try to teach our children to work. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for your time, Mary. We've really been blessed and encouraged to be able to talk with you. Thank you very much. It's fun. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like access to more resources, we have a website at allthingspodcast.org. We hope that you'll join us for our next episode.